Hey, teacher friend, welcome to another episode of the Simply Teach podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring on a teacher friend to talk about simple ways to engage our students, stay motivated, and keep up with best practices. I'm so glad you're here. It's been a few weeks, but I'm back, and I'm excited because this month I'm talking all about classroom organization, which is pretty much my most favorite thing to talk about. Today we're talking to my friend Christina, who came up with the name Operation Organization, which is the month-long series I'm hosting on classroom organization coaching. Each week I'm coaching a teacher on classroom organization or management, and if you want to follow along, make sure that you're on my email list or in the Simply Organized Teacher Facebook community, which is where I'm hosting all the coaching sessions. I'll have links to all that stuff in the show notes, so head over there after the episode to find all that information. Today my guest is Christina Grant. Christina is currently a creator and a developer of curriculum for grades K through four, and she travels the country presenting on classroom management, social emotional learning, and guided math. Basically, she has my dream job. Christina and I are both former fellows, which I've mentioned a time or two on the podcast. And in today's episode, we pretty much geek out and talk about ways to organize and decorate your classroom, as well as discuss a few management techniques too. I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation, and I know you will get some great ideas from her. So without further ado, here's our conversation. Christina, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to talking to you today, and I have a lot that I want to talk to you about. But first, I like to ask my guests to tell us just a little bit about you, aside from teaching, because we'll talk all about teaching, but just a little behind the scenes about you. Sure. Um, It's hard to say myself apart from teaching because that's been my life for the last, I mean, since kindergarten, right? Um, Mm -hmm. all the way and then teaching 10 years. Um, but I am married to a wonderful husband. We have two fur babies, um, a dog Jackson and a cat Josephine. And I enjoy working out and, um, eating healthy and going to bar three classes and, um, reading and being able to, um, kind of, connect with teachers and, um, other influencers who, um, just have a lot to say. I like to, to spend my time, uh, reading and looking at their stuff. I've been following you on Instagram and seeing all your workout stuff. And so I have down all my notes of things that I want to talk about because I want to hear all about it. Okay. So then tell us how you got into teaching and then what your teaching experience has been. Sure. Um, I always joke that I think I was um, a teacher out of the womb, like wanted to be a teacher then. Um, I I can't even remember wanting to be something different than a teacher. I think one time when I was super little, I think I said I wanted to be a dentist. And then I saw a picture of like a rotten tooth or something. And that was it. I was like, oh my gosh, people don't just have pretty teeth to work on. So um but I would have to say, really, I, I knew, knew, knew I wanted to be a teacher when I um, stepped into Mrs. McIntyre's kindergarten classroom for the very first time. And I was just in awe of her. Um, the way her hair was, what she was wearing, I can remember the dress, I can remember the black pump she had on. Um, I, she just amazed me. And ever since then, I wanted to be a teacher. And um, 
and, and for kindergarten or like little kids like that. Um, and then I was able to student teach under her, um, back in 08. And, um, that was a wonderful experience to be able to learn from her a second time. Uh And she's really shaped the teacher that I am now. Um, she's still my mentor. I still talk to her, um, on the phone. Uh, she still teaches and is the reason why I became a teacher. But, um, I've taught kindergarten and first grade for 10 years, one year of kindergarten and then the rest in first grade. And I um, love every aspect of teaching. I love school. Uh, I'm just a like lover of everything school. And, um, recently I've gotten the opportunity to step out of the classroom and be a teacher's teacher. So I get to, um, develop curriculum for teachers and I get to travel around the nation and, and present on, um, classroom management on guided math, on science, on guided reading. Uh, and it's just been a dream that I've been able to now kind of take that on that different role than being a classroom teacher. That sounds like my dream job. Yes. <laughs> I want your yes. job. <laughs> I um, can't believe I have my job. I know. I know. Okay. So you say teaching kinder and first, and yes. you mentioned guided reading, which means you know how to teach those little babies how to read. Correct. I, that I feel like is my biggest struggle in the classroom is guided reading and helping. Like I, because I've only ever taught second and third grade. So I really have Mm -hmm. no knowledge of teaching the foundation of how to read. So if somebody's listening right now, a new teacher, um, in that same predicament, can you give us a few strategies or things to do with those new readers? Yes. I really think the foundation for reading goes beyond just being able to read the words, they really lack, um, a sense of kind of like in math, they lack a a sense of number sense. Like they don't Mm -hmm. understand numbers. Well, they don't understand sounds. And so being able to do everything orally rhyming is huge. A lot of kids can't rhyme and if they can't rhyme, they can't read being able to um, isolate sounds, the beginning, middle and end sounds, being able to blend those together, separate those, change the beginning sound to a different sound, um, changing the end sound. Like you, you can say, um, I want bump without the book. If it's hard for them to do that, then it's, then they, then they cannot read. Um, so being able to backtrack and do those oral activities is huge. Um, what I propose is that Really, rhyming starts um, at birth that you should be teaching your children how to rhyme from like in utero uh, because that's the big, big, biggest determinant of what of being able to read is being able to rhyme. Have you heard of what is that resource called? Haggerty or Haggerty? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm not completely familiar with it, but I have heard of it. Um, you talking about that makes me think. They gave it, I'm in a dual language te- teacher, so yeah, I'm teaching yeah. bilingual students and they gave us that resource to work with our kids. And it's uh-huh. that same thing, like, um, say the word bump, change the B to a D. And, uh-huh. um, I only recently started using it, so I haven't seen a whole lot of growth with it. Right, but, right. But it is good practice, especially for those Spanish speakers, because they, it is huge. The rhyming yeah. is completely different. Completely. Yes. And, um, just being able to constantly 
talk and communicate. I think a lot of times we have, it's hard for us teachers to, to give them opportunities to do that, but definitely with cooperative learning and, um, and class meetings and sharing anytime that they can have positive ways to communicate with um, their peers or with you is, is the best. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you said you're traveling around the country presenting. Yes. yes. I know that you're doing the guided math, what the game plan. Yes. 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 Tell, yes. tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, well, backstory, just like you, I was a teacher fellow back in, um, nine and 10. And I, um, was placed across the hall from, um, a wonderful first grade teacher that was not my, like, she was not my, um, my mentor teacher or anything like that for, for fellows, but she just was on my team and she was kind of my unofficial mentor. Like I could go to her when I needed something. If, um, Mary, my exchange teacher wasn't available and that kind of stuff. And, um, that was Reagan. And, um, and I would rock across the hall and ask her questions or I would like look in her room and be like, what, what? Okay. I'm going to go do that. And I would literally (laughs) run across the hall and do the exact same thing I just saw in her room. Um, and so we became really close, uh, being able to do that and teach together. Uh, then I decided to teach in San Antonio closer to home than, um, traveling 45 minutes to Canyon Lake, um, in Texas. And I, um, got a teaching position in San Antonio and she continued to teach at Startsville. But in that time she started, um, a teaching blog and then a teacher's pay teacher store and her, the way everything happened, she just kind of really became one of the top bloggers and top, um, sellers on teacher's pay teachers. And I still was in communication with her. I'll always excited for her. I would go and watch her present and just see her success. And I loved it. And then a couple of years ago, she reached out to me and was asking for some of my help on some projects and like the classroom management aspect of things, because that's what she really learned from me from doing fellows. And so we started working together and started creating curriculum together and started uh, presenting to people in Texas. And then it kind of just expanded on from there. So now, um, I am full time with her and we create, um, wonderful curriculum that we sell on teachers pay teachers, but also, um, through ETA hand to mind. And now we, uh, travel with SDE, which is staff development for educators and the guided math game plan kind of is, um, partnered with them, but it's focused on Reagan's guided math units and the way she has taught math. And that's how I taught math because of her. Um, and then I, in those presentations, I do the classroom management portions, the brain breaks, the, um, social emotional learning parts that tie really nicely into guided math. So, we have um, been in several cities like Kansas City and Springfield and Chicago. Um, and then in April, we're going to be doing a big tour in Texas. So uh, San Antonio, Houston, uh, Lubbock, and um, El Paso. So we're really excited. And SD actually has already said that um, we are going to have some fall dates coming up soon, too. So it's a full day 
worth of guided math plus extra things. And it's not your professional, it's not your typical professional development. It's um, fun professional development. And you get a lot out of it. And you also walk away with a lot of physical stuff too. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's such a uh, a wave of change right now in professional development for teachers. Like I think about y'all and what's the other one I went to that, um, Hope King puts on, um, get your teacher teacher on. on. Mm -hmm. And then in in Nashville this weekend, I didn't go to it, but they had the teacher, is it teacher heart out? Yeah. Teacher heart out. I had posted that I was going to Nashville and all these people were messaging me. Are you going? Are you going? I was like, I didn't even know. know. I didn't even know what was it, going on. It, it is. And then there's happy go teach and there's, um, it, this is more for like teachers and, but there's a spring retreat that I during spring break right now that I wish I, um, I could have gone to, but there's just so many good opportunities for teachers to go. And it's more of like, a we, we've been talking about it. It's kind of like church, like you go mm-hmm. and you get, um, motivated and you get inspired and you get, uh, positivity and just something that makes you want to go back and ignite that fire and go back and, uh, be able to share that with your students, that, that fire that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good, I never thought about that. It kind of reminds me of like a women's mm-hmm. church conference. That yes, you go to. Right. Right. Um, okay. So your kind of expertise is classroom organization and classroom management, which is like, my jam, what I love. I was going to say, like, we speak the same language. Yes. Yes. It's so, um, I believe that a classroom can't be successful if there's not organization, um, of both materials and routines and like Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. for the kids to do. So that's what my whole passion in my blog is about is, you know, educating teachers on, uh, ways to organize their classroom effectively so that they can spend the time, teaching, right. not being lost in the mess. So to a teacher listening, um, what are some organization thoughts or tips that you have? Um, yes, I have a few. I think number one that I tell, um, I've told my student teachers before, and I've told new teachers on campuses and things is this is going to sound kind of silly, but get cute baskets. And I don't mean tubs. I don't mean bins. I I mean, which are all, I have all of that, but I mean, really cute baskets from Hobby Lobby or Michael's or Joann's like wicker ones or wired ones or something, because that hides so much mess. Like you can easily throw, and I'm not promoting throwing, you know, a pile, but if you need to, it's, it's cute. It's cuter in a basket. Mm-hmm, All for lots sure. of different papers look a lot cuter in a basket than they do piled on a desk or on a reading table or anything like that. So I say get cute baskets um, that you can put stuff in and it just makes everything look look like you've meant that. Mm-hmm. It looks cohesive. Um, I think the next one that I feel is... Um, I'm a big proponent of keeping your desk clean. I Amen. think that I think that it it really tells a lot about a person of what your desk looks like. Just kind of like um, people's cars tell a lot mm-hmm. about how they they keep up their. <laughs> 
it, it speaks volumes about what kind of person. And I, and I love like I, some of my best friends are type B people and I am so type A. So I need the B's in my life to help balance me out. But I really do think that keeping your desk clean keeps your mind clean and you're able to focus on teaching and all of those good things instead of simply trying to find things on your desk. So I I tell I was about to say the exact same thing. Keep going. (laughs) Yes. Before you leave, always make it look neat. Mm -hmm. Always. Um, I mean, if you have a to-do pile, make sure it's neat and organized if you do need to do that. Or um, I definitely had my calendar out, uh, my lesson plans there, all my pens put away, all that kind of stuff. If I needed anything out, it was on the desk, ready to go. Um, Also, not just for you to walk in and do that, but things happen and you can't walk in and for some reason you're not able to come in that day, um, in a sub or a teammate or a friend from on your campus needs to come in and be able to do something. It's ready for that next day. Mm -hmm. So, and I think too, um, when I think about the guided reading table and I walk into a teacher's classroom and there's stuff all over it, when an administrator walks in for an observation and sees that I, if I were an administrator, my first thought would be, how do you meet with kids if you with all that stuff there? So then are exactly. you meeting with kids? And maybe you are, but right. I think it just sends that, but I just think it sends that message of not being prepared um, and not creating the environment for kids to be in that small group learning. Yes. And that's something, those cute baskets I was talking about, I had one on each side of my, um, my kidney or horseshoe table. Mm-hmm. And so anything that if it did get cluttered and messy with that stuff in there, it could, um, I could throw it in that basket and it looks super cute on both sides. And Mm -hmm. then, um, you can kind of clear that clutter real fast if you need to. Um, but also in those baskets, I did have, um, things that we needed for guided reading and for guided math, like manipulatives or Mm -hmm. whisper phones or, um, sticky notes, all those kind of good things. Well, and going back to the cute baskets, I'm a huge advocate of that. My, my favorite ones are the, from target, the, do you know the Y weave ones? They're like, they're plastic, Oh, yes, nicer yes, plastic and yes, the handle kind of yes. inserts. Yes. yes. I love those. And I mean, it's an investment, but I also think you can cut corners. Like my cabinets don't have cute baskets in them. Some of right. them are just cardboard boxes in there, but at least my biggest rule or tip to teachers is everything needs a home. And even if it's an ugly cardboard box in a cabinet where you put all your colored pencils, at least now all your colored pencils have a home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Any other tips for classroom organization? I really do think that it tidying up at the end of the day is huge. Um, and if you make it a priority and you send out and you have those, um, little mama hens that you have in your class to help mm-hmm. you, they will keep it up for you. So yes. I think it's important to, um, that we do pick up trash or on the floor. We do, um, straighten up pillows or, um, stuffy animals or books or whatever you have in your classroom that needs to be put back into places. So I think that, that one is in enlisting the kids in that and helping you clean up and make it look presentable at the end of the day 
for tomorrow. Well, and I tell teachers that it is their class. It's the kid's classroom. So it's their responsibility to pick up. I have classroom jobs where their jobs are to take care of all the end of day tasks. And um, I had a teacher that I worked with last year and I remember her being like, how is your classroom always so neat when you come back from car duty or best duty? And I was like, well, cause the kids do it all. Yeah, so exactly. I showed her, you know, the jobs that I have and what they do. And I think she even came in and observed one time, like during mm-hmm. dismissal and she implemented it with her class and was so amazed at how quickly, I mean, cause kids love that. They, I know, they I know. And if you give them a, a the to, little sweeper broom, yes. like the little handheld one, I mean, they will pick up anything. Give them a wipe, they'll wipe down every, every uh-huh. surface. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, but I think it's you have being able to think, what do I want them to do? Because it, they won't know unless you tell them what, what exactly, to do. Explicitly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So go back. Back to the back skits again. Yes. I think that's yes. part of, if anybody wants to go look at, I guess, probably your most recent classroom, um, it's yes. on your website Yes, and it's gorgeous and thank you. it looks so homey. And so how do you create that, um, yes. that, that feeling? Right. Um, the, I have specific things. I think number one, I really do feel like sometimes teachers get, um, like, where they want to decorate and they go kind of like ADD, like they, um, I want this and I want this and Mm -hmm. I want that and I want that. So I say always choose colors over themes. Yes. And I say pick two to three colors max. Mm -hmm. Um, so I changed my classroom theme every single year. And by theme, I mean, color theme. I don't mean like, um, the actual, um, I don't have, themes in my classroom. Like I said, I have colors. So this most recent classroom was, um, teal and red. And, um, that was the inspiration. I usually look on Pinterest or I, um, will see something in a store and be like, Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. That's my inspiration for the room. And so for that was a sign that, um, was from Bucky's and it was teal and red when I was um, on a road trip and, you know, going to the bathroom and getting snacks. And I was like, that is gorgeous. That teal and red color combination together. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to do a classroom out of teal and red. Um, I've done um, black and white before. I've done um, like apple colors, yellow, red, and green. So I really think it's important to choose colors and then build off of that. I really am a big proponent of adding in fabrics. And I know that that like fire marshals in schools, but there are ways around that. There's fire retardant spray that you can buy off of Amazon and you can show the fire marshal and he will sticker your stuff. I've been there. Believe me, I've talked to many, many, um, people that are like that, that are like, you can't. And I'm like, I will find a way. I will find a way. So, um, I think fabrics are huge. Um, I put them up on my bulletin boards. Um, I also have done, um, paper also like the really good paper that has, um, all of those really cool textures Mm -hmm. that's kind of in right now. Um, I feel like the colors is a, is a big thing. My other thing is lamps. And I know people are like, Oh, I can't have lamps. You can have lamps, but sometimes you can't have the bulb in there. 
And I get that. So like with, uh, with the fire marshal, again, some schools I've been at, I couldn't have the light bulb in there, but I could have the lamp, which still makes it look cute. I feel like it's not the same as not being able to turn them on. I get that. But I think lamps make everything homier. So, um, I do tall lamps. I do small lamps. I do lamps, um, for reading. I have lamps on cabinets and countertops. Um, so I would have to say it was, I would probably have six or seven in a classroom only because it makes it feel so much more homey. And if you can turn them on, that's awesome. If you can, it's still, it's okay. It's still okay. Um, and then I also say, look at non-traditional places. We all know, um, teacher stores. We all know target. We all know Hobby Lobby are great. Um, and they are, but look at like non-traditional teacher places like home goods and, um, Kirkland's and places that you would kind of find more home decor at, and then put it in and you can totally use it in a classroom. And Mm -hmm. I think like, um, the, like, pretty signs that you can hang up in your room that just add a little bit more like you would be decorating a home. Um, it takes it. Sometimes you do have to, to walk that line and be like, "Mm, I don't know that that looks too much like it belongs in a home. And that might be true, but kind of find that balance of being Mm -hmm. able to add that in and then have the educational parts. And, And then your room really does feel like a home away from home because we spend a a lot more time there than we do at our own home. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it creates a safe environment for the kids too, when they walk in. Cause I definitely think there's a balance of like, um, not having too much clutter and not having too many things, but creating, cause I've walked into classrooms where they're so cute, but they're so cluttered with stuff that it's, it's overstimulating to me. Overstimulating. Yes. Um, so I think it's just finding that balance of what, you know, makes it homey, but still allows for, for learning and, um, exactly. engagement. I think, I think you're exactly right. But, um, the kids really do love, um, the way a classroom looks and then they start taking pride in it like <laughs> that. Oh, our classroom does have this, you know, that it does have, I don't know if you can like a couch or a chair or a bench or something. It does have those little something, something a little different, unique than, than, other classrooms they've been in before or other classroom pictures that they've seen and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that they being able to decorate says that you want, I mean, it allows you to want to be there. You mm-hmm. as the teacher makes mm-hmm. you want to come to work because it is, it feels comfortable. It feels good. And I think that's what a lot of teachers need is being able to be like, I do, I, I like the place that I go to right. and, I, and I feel good. Well, and I think it's important for teachers listening to know that, like you said, you did this every year, changing your room thing. Yes, yeah. Teachers don't have to do that. I mean, no, I've got gosh, the same no. color theme all throughout my teaching career Yeah, and because that's what works for me. Um, for sure. And it's something that you can grow as time, you know, each Correct. year, it can, add a it little can bit more. Right. Yes. Yes, for sure. And it doesn't all have to be at once. I think teachers a lot of times think that, oh, I need to go buy this. And then it, it might be a cheaper option or it might be something that then you don't love. Don't, don't buy something that you don't love, that mm-hmm. you don't, that you don't 
think is going to be good. Um, because then, then we're wasting money and no teacher has any money to waste. (laughs) Um, so I just think that being able to buy strategic pieces that will make you happy, will make your students happy, will be good. And then I'm also a big proponent of, um, decorating for holidays. I think adding some kind of, Mm -hmm. um, spice in for, um, and that doesn't have to be for, Holidays, it could just be for that season mm-hmm. uh, and being able to, you know, fall or holidays or um, spring, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it adds a little bit extra. Just changing it up, just like you do for yeah. your home. Okay, yes. let's switch gears a little bit. Um, so we talked about organization. What about some management? So I, like I said that, you know, I feel like organization is the first thing a teacher yes. needs. And then they yes. need routines and management plans in place. What are some top management um, routines that a teacher would need in place? Um, What I talk a lot about is um, I came up with an acronym called COACH, and it helps teachers just a little bit of um, how to have good classroom management. We all know, we all know what it looks like. We all know, we've all been taught what it is, but it, until you've actually experienced it, it's hard to put it into words. So um, the C is consistency. And I know we consistently hear consistency, but it's so true that no matter what um, consequences are going to happen and, and, and not just consequences, but also this routine always happens, no matter if we have an assembly that morning or a fire drill or anything that these types of things happen in this classroom. And yes, we do have to learn how to go with the flow, but that being able to stick to something creates a sense Mm -hmm. of um, calm in a child, knowing that this is what we always do. And this is what I have come to expect. So um, my O is being able um, to giving children options. So um, a lot of times with children, we give them two ty- two options are best. And both are something that you would be comfortable giving, uh, but it al- allows them to have a choice, feel like they have a say, but it's both, it's options mm-hmm. of two good choices. Um, so you can either choose to clean up um, the math center, or you can choose to go clean up um, the the library books, those kinds of things when we're cleaning up so that they have a choice, but it's both something that you would be great Mm -hmm. with them choosing. Um, my A for coach for coach is assess and advance. So it's kind of that, um, teacher with itness that she has eyes in the back of her head that she kind of knows what Samuel's going to do before Mm -hmm. Samuel knows what he's going to do. So having that forefront. And I think at springtime, we kind of know our kids, we have their numbers. We like can tell you what's going to happen, but um, just being able to uh, be proactive instead of reactive and um, stop something before it happens. And what I mean by advance is I do a lot with leveling up in my classroom. So students, I mean, they're all in video game kind of era. So they're used to being able to like unlock new levels and go up. So I will say, because we did such a great job today on working in, um, on our on our math journals, I'm going to unlock 
more time for the technology station today or something like that. So being able to advance, they really thrive on being able Mm -hmm. to unlock levels and um, get to something better. And you can also uh, take them down a level when something is not, is not good. If they're not cleaning up or not being respectful during a certain time, you can, you can say, wow, we really didn't do a great job today. I think that that level's um, closed for right now. We're going to have to level down. We can't, we can't be able to, um, to get that Mm -hmm. reward or that um, advance. So um, I use that a lot because that analogy really works works for them. Um, my other CN coach is um, classroom culture, and that's being able to have um, that classroom of kindness and um, respect and rapport. And I feel like that is through class meetings daily. Um, I think that that's through explicit teaching of social skills and um, really tapping into their social emotional learning. So um, a child can't can't do school if they don't feel safe, if they don't feel um, wanted, if they don't um, all of their basic needs aren't met. And we know that, but as teachers, sometimes we yes. just, Oh, I need to get here. I need to do this. I need to teach them this, that we do have to take a step back. And, um, I had a principal once that said lean in. And I really liked that, um, way of saying something that when the kids are something's off or something's in, um, not good that time, like to lean in on that and be able to like fix that first mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you can move on. So, um, I think that that's so important, you know, especially when it's the Friday before spring break and they're crazy, like lean in on that. Like don't try to fight that and, um, make them do something that right now is not going to be happening. Lean in and, and guide them into a better way. Um, and my, and the last for coach is the H and it's honesty. I think being honest with your students is, is huge is being, having those come to Jesus meetings, Mm -hmm. calling them down to the carpet when something's not going right and saying, I need your help. I I don't know. I, I can't fix this. We have Mm -hmm. to fix this. If there's an issue in the classroom or being honest that, this is really great. And I'm so proud of you because this is something so, um, very difficult to learn or, or challenging to do, or other classes have struggled with this, but you haven't. So those being both, um, vulnerable and honest on both the positive. Yeah, and the I completely, aspects. I try to be, uh, really open and honest, even with my second graders and come in and say, I'm, I'm having a really yeah, bad morning. Yeah. You know, things didn't go well this morning and I'm, I don't want to be here today, but we are here. And so like, can y'all help me make the best yeah, out of today? Exactly. And I feel like it shifts their brain. And if they see those, those raw emotions and that, wow, mm-hmm. she, she thinks the same way I do, or it's okay if I have those feelings or yeah, it gives them the freedom to be able to open up and talk about those yeah, things. I think so too. I think so. A classroom of honesty is huge. And plus we want to <laughs> model honesty, obviously, because for them, that's so big as well for their, yeah, that's such a learn a developmental yes, thing that yes. they're learning. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for, you've been teaching what, 10 years now? Yes, yes. Okay. So you have quite a bit of experience. So can you give uh, some advice to a new teacher listening right now? Um, yeah, I think to take one thing, like focus on one thing. I, 
I know we all want to be, um, have the cutest classroom and be able to teach wonderfully and have perfect kids and, um, be able to get all, um, proficient or better on our, um, evaluations. And we want our parents to like us and our administrators to like us and our kids to like us and our team to like us and all of that. But I really think take one, take one thing and really excel at it. So Mm -hmm. if your one thing is you want to really focus on organization and that's what you want to focus on first, then pour your heart into that, do everything you can to be organized that, um, that year. And then the next year level, uh, like I said before, like level up to something different. Like if you Mm -hmm. want to really, um, change the way you do math, or, um, if you really want to be better at communicating with your parents, then take that on the next year. So I think it's just do one thing and do it really well that year. That's something that I try and do about this time every year, like Mm -hmm. post spring break, um, is when I'm, I'm really starting to be proactive about, okay, what, maybe didn't go well this year or what's something I want to focus on next year and just kind of take notes or, uh, just be mindful even of like, okay, this is something that's not going well and I want to improve on it next year. I think that's so valuable. I think you're exactly right. And I remember every year, I don't think I made it a point to, but I, for somehow had a pad of paper by me. And when I was Mm -hmm. doing small group reading or small group math. And I had, and I would, you know, you're sitting there and you can see the kids all doing their different activities. And you're like, okay, wow, next year, I really want them to do this, or I'm really this, they didn't get so well, I have to focus on this. So then you just, you start jotting notes down of things that you want to be able to change. And I think that that's a big it's just really a good thing to reflect on in the spring and then be able to get information or go to professional development or gather resources over the spring and the summer so that you're ready for the fall. And I even tell teachers sometimes in the spring, if you're really wanting to jumpstart something brand new, try it out on your kids in the spring, um, you know, um, after testing or, um, after they've, you've kind of, done your kids totally know what you've done all year and they know that routine and they can do it without you there change it up and see how it kind of works with them and try it out on them and then be able to then go full force in the fall well and that's something a new teacher can do and that's something a teacher who's been teaching for 20 years i agree i think probably (laughs) Yeah, that's what I think for veteran teachers. I really do feel like that should be something that they do as well is um, really reflect and think about how do I totally want to change up um, for next year? Like, is it I've been doing phonics this way forever? Is there a new way to do phonics? And let me find everything I can and try it new for the new year and really focus. My focus will be on phonics next year or Mm -hmm. science or whatever is um, new because there's so many new ways of doing things and with blogs and professional development, the, the new ones we were talking about and, um, podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook and all of that kind of stuff. There's so many new ideas mm-hmm. that you can really change what you're doing and, and add in those, um, those flavorings kind of. Yeah. Yeah. We have so many resources just right at our fingertips. So yeah, I think those are both really good 
really good things to keep in mind. Um, okay. So let's wrap up. I want to ask my three ending questions. What is your biggest pet peeve when it comes to education or teaching? Um, I think with teaching, I think a lot of times teachers use this and I, and I've used it too, is that there's no time that I have Mm -hmm. no time to do this. And which is true. You don't, you don't have time to do all that. But I think it kind of goes back to the song. We have no less days to sing God's praise. than we first began, like you have to really think teachers way back then had the exact same amount of time we do, but it's how we allocate it. And I think that just being mindful of that, of being, I do have time. I have three minutes here while they're lining up. I do have um, time when they're going to the bathroom. I do have time to pull a reading group um, when they are cleaning up at the end of the day. You can, there's always a time to be able to do a little bit more and have that time to, um, Mm -hmm. really get everything you want done. If you just take the time, if you take the time to look, um, look at your, look at what you're doing in a day. So I yeah, think I that's, think that's a common complaint. I mean, I know I've I know. been there, but I've noticed as I've gotten a little bit further along in my career that it's just like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with that excuse because right. I've been complaining about it for five years now and nothing's changed. Yeah. So yeah. why am I going to keep, why are you like, you can't complain about it if you don't do anything about it. So, mm-hmm. um, we all, we all have the same amount of hours in a day. It's just what you do with them. Mm-hmm. What's keeping you sane right now? Um, like I said before, I think working out is and eating healthy and, um, doing that for myself has kept me sane. And as teachers, I think we, we do that a lot. We say, I have to get to school early and do all this. And then after school, I have this and this and this, and then I come home and I cook dinner and those that have kids have homework and all of that kind of stuff. And then it's time to go to bed and do it again. But I really think that just taking an hour and I know people or 30 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever you can do. But for me, it's a full hour. Like I just need, I need it without anything. I just, it's just me at the gym or on a machine lifting weights or going to a bar class or, um, just that me, that hour for me and, Mm -hmm. um, just clearing my mind and be able to do that. And I think it actually helps me focus better when I get back on things I need to do or before I need to get this finished before I go to the gym. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's with good time management, but you have to take care of yourself because if you don't, um, your body is not going to be able to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like you, I mean, teaching is exhausting and teaching is hard and it's so take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Both physically and mentally. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I've talked to teachers who stay so late in the day and I'm like, okay, maybe you got things checked off your to-do list, but now oh, and where's I, your heart? Where's your mind? I Not know. in a good place probably. No, and I think that that's huge because I used to think that when I was first staying, starting out, the longer I stayed, the better it would be. You like, and me are the same person. Yeah. <laughs> like I would be like, no, I have to stay longer and get this finished and get this next thing finished and this next yes. thing finished. And because if not, I'm not a good enough teacher. I'm not a good I'm enough not. teacher. And yeah. how can teachers be leaving at mm-hmm. this time? And I, 
and in my head, I was like, how could they be leaving? And now I'm thinking because they actually have a family and they actually like have things to do, but I would stay way too late at school. And, um, then I started, um, tutoring, which is kind of another whole thing is I had to leave early to be able to go tutor, but I still was getting home late because I was tutoring <laughs> until seven at night. So really I was swapping two things like one for another that wasn't right. both beneficial. And then, um, finally I, I stopped all of that. And there were days when I walked out when I, when we were allowed to like, mm-hmm. and, um, I don't think I was any less of a teacher yeah. that I still got everything I wanted to finish, but it was just my mindset of, I want to leave at this time to get home so I can go work out or I can actually cook dinner instead of picking dinner up. Or, mm-hmm. um, I want to be able to take my dog for a walk before it gets dark and those kind of things. So, um, I think I don't want teachers to feel like the longer you stay, the better you are. Um, that's, that's not true. Um, I think get what you sometimes done. it can be the opposite because yeah. when you stay so late, you're sacrificing yourself. And yes. then yes. what do you have to give your kids the next day? Yeah. Irritation. I anger know. I know because you spent your whole night up at school yeah. and I, and, but I know that there are those times where you do want to stay late and you are excited and passionate about something and you're making it and, uh, you know, making something or transforming your room for this new lesson or thing. I think those are exceptions for sure. Yes. I, yes. There's exceptions to every rule that, that is fine. And if it's, it excites you and you want to do it, then do it. But I just don't think on a daily basis. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I tell teachers pick one or even two nights a week that you're going to stay there until five or six o'clock right. and do that and own it and make the most of it. But then the other days leave at a more reasonable time. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, I've talked to teachers, some, they have a workout class that they go to. So they have to leave at a certain time. It kind of forces them to do that. So Mm -hmm. it allows them to be, to turn it off and be like, I need to go. I have to leave now. And then other times I know some teachers that leave very early, but then they get to school early. That's their thing. So pick which one you like better. Um, for me, I, I was a morning workout person before school and then I would go to school and then I would um, be at school and still not even stay that late. I think it's just you being able to um, manage your time and mm-hmm. n- know when to turn it off because it'll always yeah. be there. Like we've always said, right. It'll yes. always be there. It will. Yeah. Okay. So what workout stuff are you doing? You're, you've been going to bar class. Okay. I, I did bar for several years and I still do a little bit, but recently I have, um, really tracked my calories, which mm-hmm. I think is, has made a huge difference. Um, I was eating very healthy, uh, but I still think I, I, I now know after counting, um, calories and macros and things that I was still overeating. Like I was mm-hmm. still eating a lot of healthy foods, but, um, and I'm not saying restrict a crazy amount. I'm not talking like that, but just watch, be mindful of what you, yeah. because a handful of nuts is 200 calories. It's so time. much. And, and a banana. Yeah. Like is <laughs> so many calories. Exactly. So it's just being mindful of that and really filling up on veggies, um, which mm-hmm. I think is, is huge. Like when you're hungry, eat your veggies first 
and yes. then um, eat the good stuff. And then your body will remember the good stuff. Like if mm-hmm. you're eating, if you're eating pizza, eat a lot of veggies first, eat a slice of pizza. And then you feel like you've eaten a whole lot of pizza instead mm-hmm. of just one slice. Yeah. Um, but I have been going to the gym regularly and I just started, um, with a program by Ashley King fitness. She's, um, a, a girl that actually I know personally now because she goes to my gym, but she creates online programs. And then she also does like personal training also. Um, Mm -hmm. but she has an online program that you can purchase and it shows videos and it's a lot more weights. Um, and I, I was doing a lot of cardio before, which was fine. And I think it got me really able to have the endurance and the stamina to be able to work out. But now I'm doing a lot more weights and I am and you really can do them like at home. Yes. Yes. You can do it at home. Um, on it, she uses like, you'll have to have some dumbbells and things, mm-hmm. but, um, you can do it on a couch and those kind of things. Like if there's a bench exercise and, and mm-hmm. so yeah, it's made for home or you can do it in a gym as well. And I've just like, become obsessed where like every day I want to go every day. I, um, I look forward to that hour of being able to work out. And so, Mm -hmm. um, and I was, uh, when people would say that I, I've always worked out and I've always, um, had that, but I was never like, Oh my gosh, I really want to, it would be like, I know I have to, and I feel better when I do it. So, but now I think I have that bug, like where Mm -hmm. I actually want to. And if I don't, then I'm kind of in a bad mood. And so I rarely take a day off, but I say that like my days off, I will, um, just walk, um, Mm -hmm. for like either outside or on the treadmill. So you're still being active, but you're just not doing like, you don't need to work out every day, but you do need to be active every day. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you read, um, Kimberly Snyder's book, the beauty detox solution? No, that sounds amazing. No. Okay. You need to go. Um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes okay. uh, for people listening, but, um, it's Kimberly Snyder beauty detox solution. And it was very, um, informative about, she talks about how food breaks down in your body and how the order in which you eat yes. your food. So it was, it was, um, like fruit I really first, learned a lot from then vegetables. vegetables. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So check it out if you're okay. I will. I, I think will. you Thank would like you. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, last thing, what is your favorite kid moment? Okay. Um, this one I think is, I, it kind of goes with beauty and detox solution, but it's, <laughs> it's, I, I vividly remember this and I think it just speaks volumes about how children are and how brutally honest they are. Right? <laughs> like and to a, to their own fault because they, they don't, they mean well, but, um, I got a new hair curling wand, um, Uh one day. And so I woke up early and I messed with it and I did my whole hair, everything. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I got, you know, like all those beautiful, um, beauty bloggers with the, with the curls down the, and I was like, Oh my God, that's going to be me. So I (laughs) like an hour and a half later, finally get to school after messing with my hair, probably have no makeup on because I didn't have time to spending so much time on the hair and I'm all feeling beautiful. And, um, then in walks Ami and she's like, uh, Mrs. Grant, something's wrong. And I was like, what? And she goes, 
I, something's wrong with your hair. I think you forgot to brush it. And I was like, um, I actually spent an hour and a half doing it this morning, but thanks. Like, so I just, I think it's so no matter how much we, I don't know. I just think children give you their honest opinion. Uh And I was like, so, um, I don't have the curling wand anymore because (laughs) it just, it didn't work for me. It it couldn't, it couldn't. And it did look like I just woke up. It did look like my hair was a rat's nest. It didn't look like the beauty blogger. So Ami was correct. And, um, I never used it again because of her. No, well, last week, um, I was so excited. Like I wasn't feeling in a really good mood and I had my hands up over my head and I was like clapping so that they would, you know, my, my yeah. like attention getters, so yeah, they would yeah. cut back. Um, and one of my little boys goes, Miss Jackson, your arms are really flappy. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we, we had, a, we had a conversation about how women, uh, sometimes hear something that's the, tr- you know, something like that and interpret it into like, you're so ugly, you're fat. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and, and you don't, we just don't say things like that to women, <laughs> even though it may be true. I know, but you're like, and I'm going to do some tricep exercises now. Yeah, so Cody last night was like, Kelly, come on, let's go. Your yeah. kid said your arms are fine. You need to do these weights. And I was like, oh, uh, I know. I know. It, it takes, it takes a lot. Like as much as we don't want to admit it, we're like, okay, you're right. You're right, yeah. child. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Um, tell us where we can find you. Social media. Yes. Where can we follow um, you? I, um, I do, I do have a blog, but, um, since my classroom last year, I haven't really touched it because I do a lot with, uh, Reagan. So I actually, um, do some of her blog posts and I help her okay. with blog posts. So, um, that's Tunstall's teaching tidbits by Reagan Tunstall. Um, and, uh, Reagan Tunstall's TBT store as well. My TBT store is, um, Christina Grant and it's, I would have to say 98.9% free. So go get yourself some free stuff. <laughs> um, but if you're looking for really good, um, content for K through four, I would, um, definitely look at Reagan Tunstall's, um, TBT store because, um, her and I co-create together. So, um, a, a lot of my creations are on, on her store. Um, and, um, but follow me on Instagram at the Christina I mean, at, at the Christina grant. And yeah. then, um, I post, um, school stuff and fashion stuff and working out and just, and my dogs and my cats and all that kind of stuff. You have a little bit of everything. And everything. then what's the, you'll have an Instagram for the ga- guided math yes, game plan, right? Guided, yeah. It's, um, guided math game plan all together. But if you just search guided math game plan and, um, there's information there to be able to sign up for a location coming to you. And like I said, there'll be more in the fall. Um, and I know, uh, a lot of, schools, you have to plan it that far in advance to be mm-hmm. able to get, um, funding or, um, approved time off and all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I loved talking classroom organization and management oh, yeah, with girl. you because it's, After it's my, my favorite. Heart. I know. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kelly. I appreciate it. so much fun talking with Christina about classroom organization. It really is such a passion of mine and it was so fun to find someone who loves it as much as I do. Christina is such a sweet soul. After I pushed stop on the recording button, we probably talked for another 30 minutes or so and I left our conversation feeling so encouraged and motivated to continue pursuing the Simply Organized teacher. So thank you, Christina. 
This episode is releasing on April 10th, my hubby's birthday. Happy birthday, Cody, which means we're just a couple months away from summer. Raise your hand if you are excited. I know that I am. Christina and I talked about it on the show, but I want to reiterate how important it is at this point in the year to start thinking about next year. Yes, we still need to be fully present with these kiddos, but also be paying attention to what worked and what didn't work this past year. Start making a list and keeping it right next to your computer or by your lesson plans or just somewhere where you can access it quickly. Jot down things you want to improve on for next year. Currently, my list includes new literacy stations, task cards, classroom job organization, and guided reading organization. What's on your list? What do you want to improve for next year? Think about it, write it down, and hey, send me an email about it too. Maybe I can create some support for you in that. Also, don't forget to join in on the Operation Organization Fund. Each week, I'll be on Facebook Live coaching a teacher on classroom organization or management. Info about it is on this week's show notes, so head over to the simplyorganizedteacher.com to read all about it. Friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Simply Teach. Don't forget to head over to the simplyorganizedteacher.com for all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and you can sign up for my email list there. Also, be sure to find the Facebook group because I want to be your social media friend. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Simply Teach. We hope you feel encouraged and inspired to continue being the amazing teacher you are. Make sure to join back next week for a new episode. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review so other great teachers like you and can you can find us.